You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey and each week at the Football Radio Show, we give you our expert insight analysis and opinions on the top trending stories in the NFL. Are you ready, brother? You got that right, my friend. <laughs> right, our next stop, the trend zone. In today's episode, of course, we'll get to the top trending stories, but we'll also talk big time suspensions, coaches on the hot seats, and we'll preview some of the big, huge games coming up this week in the NFL. But before we get to all that good stuff, Casey, let's get started with a tasty nug for the people. Yeah, I do. We're talking about a couple of the best ever at their positions, Larry Fitzgerald. And Frank Gore both climbing into the NFL record books. Yep. Uh, getting ready to etch their name into the halls of Canton. Fitzgerald left the, uh, led the Cardinals last week, 10 receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown, even though they lost. But his over 1,200 reception became the third player in NFL history to reach, uh, 1,200 receptions. He's joining these guys you might have heard of them, uh, Jerry Rice and Tony Gonzalez. Ah, pretty good players in yeah. their own right. Not bad. And then Frank Gore, dude, 61 yards in the Colts lost, but 13,697 career rushing yards. Sorry, Dave. He passed LaDainian. Wow. And uh, Jerome Bettis, and he's moving into fifth place all time behind the guys, Emma Smith, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Curtis Martin. Dang, man. Anything else you'd like to add to this, Dave? Wow, Gore has uh, had a heck of a career, sort of quietly compared to some of those other big names there. Uh, but man, th- those are some real numbers. But let's talk about somebody putting together a three-week string, Casey. It's my guy, Keenan Allen. It's the first right. receiver ever to have three straight weeks of 10 receptions, more than 100 yards, and at least a touchdown. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive little three-week span. We got to get this guy going every week, man. <laughs> That's right. He's helping the buckle fives in my other league into the playoffs, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right, let's get to the top trending stories, Casey. We'll start things off with the travesty known as the New York Giants. Um, last week, they benched Eli Manning, uh, an ill-fated maneuver by Coach mm-hmm. Ben McAdoo. And what happened next, Casey? <laughs> ben McAdoo... <laughs> They put him in an Uber and said, keep going. <laughs> yeah, quickly, the Giants fired McAdoo and Reese, for that matter. Um, wow. And uh, uh, Spagnuolo's going to be the, the interim head coach this week, and Eli is back as the starter. Dude, I can't believe they made the move without management's blessing ownership. This is just a weird cluster mm-hmm. F and a total mess. Um, it could have to- been avoided. Eli would be sitting at 2-11 and going to this game, man. Yeah. Um, those guys were out of a job anyway. It's just weird, dude. Something's not right there. There's yeah, McAdoo in his second year. Eli with, like you said, the 210-game uh, streak there and the two-time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Reese takes the fall in this one, too, the general manager, who was the architect of two Super Bowl teams. So, uh, clearly, he was involved in the decision uh, to sit Eli as well. Um, these guys, and, and I'm sure that ownership was somehow... Uh, complicit as well, but these guys take the fall for sure. McAdoo, that was a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Come on. Uh, definitely, dude. Yeah. Crazy, man, how far they've fallen. But Dave, every year, 
we know there's a bunch of coaches in trouble, seven or eight, fired every year. Yep. Um, a couple guys we think will be on the hot seat. Vance Joseph, he's setting new records in Denver. For ineptness, like w- losing streaks. <laughs> yeah, it's eight been... in a row. Brutal, wow. dude. I think that's longer, uh, the longest winning streak in my entire lifetime, Casey, uh, for the Broncos. Yeah, Vance Joseph doesn't seem to have uh, any clue what's going on over there. Uh, the defense hasn't gotten better. He's a defensive guy, and uh, certainly the offense has. I mean, I guess when you have a great quarterback, you look great, but when you don't, you don't really uh, look that great on offense. Their offense seems aimless, dude. And Marvin Lewis, man, we saw it on Monday night. We'll talk yeah. about this game a little bit more, but it's time, man. That has run its course there. The the Bengals do the bungles thing and keep making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. At some point, you got to cut your losses and get the hell out of there. Yeah, Marvin Lewis is the second longest tenured coach, uh, and uh, the uh, Cincinnati organization really is loyal, and they like they don't like to spend a lot of extra money by firing guys. But I don't think his contract is that expensive. I don't think it's all stretched out too long. This is probably a one year. Uh, you know, Marvin Lewis has been going on a one year deal for a while now. Uh, that seems like a no brainer. It's. It, I was thinking last night when when they were uh, ahead of, of the Steelers. You know what? They're going to lose this football game in a very Bengal-like fashion, and it's, <laughs> it sucks to be a Bengals fan just for that reason, and then it just went ahead and happened, you know? So, yeah. uh, another guy on the hot seat, though, Casey, Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Um, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think, Hugh? How, how hot is that C for Hugh? I mean, he's not the one that drafted Manziel, and he's not the one that passed on Wentz and Goff. That mm-hmm. being said... Yeah, you know, there's some pieces there, but they're not getting a lot out of them. They play tough. We watched them against the Chargers last yeah. week. They hung around. They've been in some games, but they're not winning. Um, I could go either way on this, dude. If you keep them, that's fine. Give them another year. Get them a quarterback. But if yeah. you, uh, you know, kick them out of town too, I could go with that. I'm indifferent, Dave. Yeah, it's the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, nobody cares too much, but uh, <laughs> it is the Browns. But um, when you win one game in two years, let's see if they end up. Like going 0 and 16 this year, and, and depending on how the team reacts in the, the last handful of games, you're right. They did play tough. They do play tough, and they do yeah. have talent on that football team. That even though they're they got the Moneyball baseball guys in charge, who may or may not know anything about football, they have assembled some talent on that team. They have some more draft picks coming their way next year if they can hit those draft picks and Hugh, Hugh sticks around. Maybe this thing suddenly starts to gel next year, obviously. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know, but yeah, Hugh's maybe get a couple of wins here, Hugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Case, so you know what, um, moving along, uh, this week we had uh, a handful of, um, less than, uh, less than cool, Less than uh, exciting events happening on the football field. Let's start with Gronk, dude, the guy that everybody loves for his playfulness uh, and uh, a post-whistle uh, assault, you know, on another guy. Uh, what do you think here? He gets he gets a suspension for one game. Is one game the right amount? Too much? Not enough? Where do you go with this? Man, that was a gnarly hit on that cat, bro, and it was out of nowhere. It's so out of character for Gronk. Yeah. That's why I'd be more inclined to give him a pass. When we talked about Tlaib last week, Tlaib has shown, you know, uh, a pattern yeah. of this. This is kind of, I think, an isolated a- event for Gronk. He lost his cool. That being said, it was a total dick move. You can't just smash cats when they're on the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, homie's in the concussion protocol. I think Not cool. one game is pretty fair. I. You know, I could go with two for this, mm-hmm. um, but uh, 
you know, it comes at a good time for me because fantasy playoffs, I'm going against a team that had Gronk. So I'm all for this suspension, but uh, it's not a good look, dude. This is a couple weeks in a row where we're seeing some guys get suspended. So I think the NFL did the right here, but, dude, there's even more suspensions. Uh, yeah, I mean, week 14. Yeah, unfortunately, that was not the end of the list. And it was another uh, big time game uh, where Juju Sh- uh, Smith Schuster, uh, you know, USC Trojan superstar kind of in the making here for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with a peelback block knocking out uh, Vontez Perfect, dude. And this thing was a brutal hit. They put they took this, this hit out just for this reason because yeah. uh, of how um, dangerous the hit is. And then he uh, added added to it by by standing over him and staring down at him. This was a no-brainer suspension for me, man. Yeah, I thought he actually should have been thrown out of the game uh, mm-hmm. on Monday night because of the hit and then the taunting. That's two, in my opinion. He should have been yeah. gone there. One, two. But overall, this game had just a terrible look for the NFL. man. But to go back, dude, if Vontez Perfect would have hit somebody like that, he'd be looking at a four-game suspension. I know he has a track More. record. It's a bad rap sometimes, but, yeah. like, it, you know, it's it's not an even playing field there. But just overall, man, guys leaving the field uh, on the cart, mixing mm-hmm. with the uh, the concussion and just the bad blood between these teams, man, it was a it was a not a, a good game for you know the fringe viewing public. So for yeah, the and it, it was almost like it was out of control. Like these guys are just monsters out there, and then Bengal safety George Aloka uh, with a hit on uh, Antonio Brown uh, there as well, and he uh, gets suspended for that hit. Uh, these teams obviously. Uh, play it twice every year. It's bad blood, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there can be some level of respect. There are other human beings. There are other professionals in your, uh, you're there, ultimately your colleagues and stuff. And, uh, it was, it was certainly distasteful to say the least. And then you got these refs that call a million penalties yeah. in this game and get this stuff wrong. Terrible last night, man. These over officious jerks, way too much. Um, Bog down the game, uh, just yeah, it it was it was rough all the way around to say the least. Yeah, and uh, then really ultimately to really bring the downer into this game was um, Shazier for the Steelers, uh, you know, lowering the helmet, and it, one of the reasons obviously that the uh, rule is that you can't lower the helmet, and hit with crown of the helmet like that, is because it's dangerous for the hitter as well as the guy yeah. getting hit, and in this case. It was Shazier delivering the hit, but um, not using his, uh, seeing what he was hitting, but lowering his helmet down. Um, and as a result, uh, his spine was compressed in in a way that uh, gave him some kind of spinal injury. And it's kind of, I guess, vague at this point, but it does not look necessarily good as uh, he was unable to move his lower extremities, uh, at least uh, as he was trying, you know, trying to and leaving the football field. At this point, I don't think the news is great uh, in the sense that there isn't a lot of good news coming out of this story right now. Yeah, they said they're probably not going to need surgery, so hopefully continues to improve. You know, that is the thing the NFL gets right on these mm-hmm. spinal cord and neck injuries. The guys are right there. Yeah. Um, they really know what they're doing. They got them to the hospital quick, but that's it, dude. You know, you go back as far as fifth grade tackle football, they say, see what you hit, yep. and hit what you see. And this was, like you said, dead on. That's why that's in place. So uh, hopefully he'll continue to recover and make a full recovery. But man, that was scary business on Monday night, dude. Big time, dude. All right. Moving along to the three strikes survivor pool. We're both out, Casey. And okay. next segment. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, fantasy go back starts <laughs> of the week. Um, didn't really have any go backs for us, but I would like to congratulate you on making the playoffs. Oh, thank you. I backed in. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. I got him clobbered this week, but I made it still. And I would also like to return that. Uh, congratulations to you, sir, for making the playoffs. We are avoiding each other in the first round here, although we may ultimately be on a collision course, hopefully. In the Super Bowl. Take it. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're still alive, man. <laughs> and speaking of uh, games uh, and teams that are still alive in the NFL, Casey, they're at this point in the season – with just a handful of games left, dude, there's a boatload of teams with Super Bowl dreams. Oh, yeah, dude. Four weeks left. 22 teams either within one or two games of a playoff spot. And Dave, believe it or not, no teams have clinched a playoff berth yet. Dude, that's freaking hard to believe at this point. But uh, the math the math tells us so, and we must accept it. Uh, but you know what, Casey? Uh, it is true that no one has clinched yet, but four teams, Minnesota, New England, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, can clinch this week, and uh, three clinch others. division titles this week. That's right. That Not just clinch playoffs, but clinch division titles, and that gets you in the playoffs for sure. And then other teams, uh, uh, Jacksonville, the LA Rams, and the Saints can also guarantee themselves a playoff berth uh, one way or another as things shake out this weekend. So a lot is um, still left to be determined, but a lot could be determined this weekend conceivably. All right, speaking of, let's get it started. Thursday Night Football, this is a huge game in the NFC South. We've got the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons are one-point favorites at home. Yeah, dude, and this uh, Saints team, dude, playing some excellent football. Obviously, they had the eight-game win streak. They dropped one along the way, but they're not really leaning on Drew Brees like they have in the last handful of years. This is about Alvin Kamara and Ingram running the football, this this team playing some solid defense. Yeah, dude, you mentioned running the football. These tandem both have a, a, a over a 1,000 scrimmage yards each. But how wow. about the rookie, Alvin Kamara, dude? He's only the third rookie in NFL history to have at least 600 rush yards and 600 receiving yards, dude. This guy last week, man, was a huge impact on the game against the Panthers, and I expect more of the same come Thursday night. Damn, he is an exciting back, isn't he? Moving on to the other side with the uh, Atlanta Falcons over there. Casey, they're sitting on the outside. Their, uh, their Super Bowl hangover might have them outside of the playoffs looking in. Currently, they are in that status. If they want any sniff at winning this division, Casey, this game is freaking enormous for them as they're two games behind the Saints right now and one game behind the Panthers for that last wild card spot. Atlanta at home in the bird's nest here. Uh, they have got to find a way to get it together. Uh, the, the tandem Coleman and Freeman running the football. They need to get those guys moving, and obviously they need to exploit the expertise of A1 Julio Jones. Big time, dude, and the Falcons better win this one because they have to face these Saints again in a couple weeks. That one's going to be in New Orleans, so they're on the wow. outskirts there. They uh, they couldn't get in the end zone against the Vikings last week. They're going to have to score some touchdowns to beat these Saints. Man, this is a tasty, tasty treat to get the week started, man. I am stoked for this game. Thursday night, man. That's awesome. Okay, up next, it's the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And who would, at the beginning of the year, who would have thought that I would about to be say this? The Jaguars are favored at home against the Seahawks. 
by three. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's crazy talk, man. Yeah. But it's and it's the Jags that are currently in this you know, the playoffs and the the Seahawks are trying to get there in the NFC, but dude, Russell Wilson might be the league's MVP, man. Mm-hmm. Uh Seattle still struggling to run the football here, although uh Mike Davis has got a little spark mm-hmm. going there, man. He really did well against the Eagles last week. But Russell Wilson, man, three TDs, no interceptions, over 200 yards, a 118.6 pass rating against the Eagles that had only had one loss, man. He showed him that the uh, the Seahawks are still going to have some say in how this um, NFC playoff race goes. But, man, this has been a brutal um, game for these guys. They've mixed it up with the Jags a couple years now here, two of the last three years or whatever, mm-hmm. and they've had to squeak out a couple wins. So, man, this is going to be an interesting game. But, man, anytime you got Russell Wilson, dude, you got a shot. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Jimmy Graham has been uh, exceptional in the last month or so coming along. You said they've struggled running the football. They're maybe trying to find somebody for, you know, they've had so many backs in there that haven't gotten it done. But uh, like you said, Russell Wilson gets it done. But when I look at these two defenses and you get the Legion of Boom, which is obviously uh, that the when they were peaking and when they won their Super Bowl and went back to the Super Bowl, that was just an exceptional defense. And this Jacksonville Jaguars are kind of running a similar defense, but they're coming at it right now with a lot younger, fresher players. And the Seattle Seahawks uh, Legion of Boom has been banged up considerably, but they're still a defense to be reckoned with, man. Yeah, totally. And you flip it over to these Jags. They are a lot like that Seahawks team was three or four years ago when they started coming onto the scene. Very similar. And how about, dude, Leonard Fournette, man? This guy is uh, he's making <laughs> making the league look easy, dude. He's got four <laughs> TDs in his fast, uh, past five home games. And you had that one-two punch with Chris Ivory, dude. This guy's like 90 years old and still a great running back, man. That's yeah. a nice one-two punch. But this team comes down on the offensive side. Blake Bortles, man, he's really cleaned up all the mistakes that he's been doing the last few years. If right. he can keep it clean, um, they're going to have a chance in this game. And um, they're going to go as far in this playoff race as he can take them. But you mentioned that defense, dude. Uh, impressive. Yeah. One of the best and, in the league, man. Yeah, and that's why at home they are favored by three in this one. They're running a similar defense scheme-wise. Obviously, having had Gus Bradley there for a handful of years, um, so defensively they're going to look similar to the uh, to the Seahawks scheme wise. But um, bringing so many quality players, uh, Calais Campbell, the uh, free agent acquisition, yeah. a number of free agent acquisitions that they brought in to solidify a young, talented group of guys. Um, the the UCLA running back Jack, or linebacker Jack, uh, the Ramsey at corner, uh, just a ha- I mean they picked in the top five how many years in a row, and they really have accumulated some super talented guys. And like you said, if they can just find a way to do, to play defense and run the ball with Fournette and not put it on Blake Bortles, really, um, then this is this is a, a scenario where this team can continue to win. It's hard to win a Super Bowl with a Blake Bortles or whatever, uh, play, you know, just playing eh, a quarterback. Maybe he steps up his game, but the play, the pieces around him ha- have to keep playing solidly. And if they can do that, they can win this game at Jacksonville against the Seahawks. It will be a big win for them. Yeah, there's going to be a time when it is going to be on Bortles' shoulders, and he's sure. going to have to make the plays to win this game. Maybe it's going to come this week. Oh, and i got to show some love for my guy, D.D. Westbrook. He's coming on. He That's was true. on the IR for the first half of the year. I expect big things out of him. All right, moving on, Dave. we got a. 
a game with a couple teams near and dear to your heart. It's an AFC West showdown. The Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, and these Chiefs are four-point favorites at home. Yeah, and the, the three-way tie uh, uh, at the at top. The AFC West at six and six, including the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. Here, this is um, a one team will advance and be still tied for the top or alone at the top, and the other one will drop back a little bit. But this uh, is a huge game for the Raiders. Obviously, it's never easy to go on the road and play in Kansas City with all the red. But next week they have the Dallas Cowboys, who still have playoff hopes. Um, and then after that, they go to Philadelphia, and then they finish the season at. Los Angeles against the Chargers on New Year's Eve. This uh, That's a not an easy stretch for this Raiders football team. And when you're in a situation when you kind of have to run the table or maybe drop one if you want to get, uh, you know, if you want to hope for magical things to happen, this is a huge game for this Raiders team. Um, Mar- Marshawn Lynch got it going a little bit last week, and that's a good thing. They have to get back the receivers, Cooper uh, and Crabtree, which I believe they will be getting back. Um, who knows? The Raiders team has sort of meandered about the season to get to the 6-6 six and six mark, but if they can put it together against a Chiefs team that's been struggling, it, it, it could be a huge win, obviously. Yeah, dude, and Derek Carr, he's had some health issues this season. He's getting back into form. I think it's just taken this offense a little while. You know, they did have um, Murray last year, so Marshawn is actually, you mentioned it, last couple of weeks showing some of the old flashes that we've seen. They got a couple other talented running backs there. Andre Washington, too, but you mentioned getting Crabtree back is going to be huge. Not sure if Cooper's going to be back or not, but Cordero Patterson's been pretty good in mm-hmm. the absence, dude. He's got almost 200 yards the last couple of weeks and had the huge um, third down catch uh, a little bit ago, and Jared Cook has been a nice addition to this offense, too. So lots of weapons there coming into form, dude. I think 9-7 and seven might still win this division, Maybe. but um, either way, uh, the the Raiders, man, they're going to have their hands full going into Kansas City and getting this win. And these Chiefs, bro, man, they are desperate for a win right now. Absolutely, dude. And um, like I mentioned, I'll throw my Chargers in the mix as I start to talk about the Chiefs because obviously they've got this divisional game. And then next week uh, it'll be the Chargers. I believe that's a Saturday night game uh, as well. And that is going to be huge. So right now the Chiefs still have the entire division to run through. They play uh, the Raiders, Chargers, and then they finish the season after the Dolphins. They finish the season with the Broncos. So um, this it might be a, a, a situation where this Chiefs team that started off 5-0 and squandered it all away, but they still have it right in front of them where they can get it back together, and it could all start this weekend. Um, Alex Smith obviously has struggled, but last week they did find the big play uh, again where they hit Tyreek Hill for some big plays with, like they were hitting early in the season. Travis Kelsey, they have the weaponry uh, there. Their defense isn't as good as it was, but then that Raiders defense isn't all that great for sure either. So this could end up being a shootout, man. Yeah, and they got to start getting Kareem Hunt back in the mix. No dude, this kidding. This cat looked like he was going to take the league over and just falling off a cliff here. But you mentioned the big play was definitely back last week. Alex Smith maybe his best game ever, almost 400 yards, four TDs, and I think he had 70, 80 rushing yards in Damn. that game too. But they lost, dude. They're messing around at losing a game at the Jets that they have no business losing. Right. Um, but you, you, like you said, there's still time to get this thing right, man. They could run the table, be sitting at 10 and six. All of a sudden, nobody wants to mess with these Chiefs in the playoffs. But <laughs> this is going to be a grimy game. 
And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Both of these teams dying to get a win. And uh, your Chargers uh going to be pretty stoked, too, with uh, whoever loses that game, man. So <laughs> lots to be said in that West, man. It's still a lot to be settled there. No doubt about it. Okay, up next is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they are favored by two and a half on the road in Carolina to play the Panthers. Man, the Vikings, dude, uh, now with the Eagles loss last week, they're sitting right up there tied with the best record um, in the NFC. And uh, they've really, I mean, what can you say about Case Keenum? I know I sound like a broken record talking about this guy every week, but he's just balling out there. And they've yeah. really come a long way, dude. Dalvin Cook was supposed to be the guy getting it done, but it's your boy. Latavius Murray, we said coming over for the Raiders, he's finally rounding into rounding into form mm -hmm. too, man. He's Absolutely. starting to run a lot stronger. And dude, if they have a running game to go with this, and you got McKinnon, who's kind of the gadget guy, um, so they get at you at a in a bunch of different directions. You got the two receivers with Thalen and Diggs going on, and I know your guy you love Kyle Rudolph. Yep, this offense is catching up to where the defense is, man. And this is going to be a super complete team. Um, this is an exciting game, man. If if they can go on the road and win another one, man, they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have a lot less road games come playoff time. And that's a good thing for a Vikings fan. This is actually the first time in a long time we've seen a team that's actually got a shot at hosting, uh, being in, in their the Super Bowl, Bowl that they're hosting. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, and uh, you handled that offense really well. I I, I definitely like the way the the receiving core has emerged, and Ru Rudolph is really playing well. And obviously, the story of Kate, Case Keenum. They keep threatening to replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. That makes no sense at all mm -hmm. to me. If they did that, that would shock me. Right now, the way Case Keenum is playing, he's got that Viking boat going, all rowing in the same direction. And then you switch it over to the defense. I mean, obviously, the offense has been playing pretty well. But this defense is what this team is all about, man. Um just getting it done on all three levels, man. They can get after the – they're so sound. They don't have to light up the scoreboard with statistics necessarily. It's just hard to move the football on these guys, they, and they make you pay. They swarm tackle. Um, yeah. This Vikings defense, uh, you know, there's just so much fun to watch as they're so sound in, in their scheme uh, that Zimmer's got going there. Um, this, this is – they, obviously, at ten and two, they're sitting pretty. They're the number one seed right now. And the Panthers, at eight and four, they're the sixth seed. But they could find themselves on the outside looking in in a heartbeat if they don't take care of business. This Panthers team at home. Yeah, dude. I thought you were going to talk about your uh, Notre Dame or Harrison Smith there, but we've moved no. on from the Vikings. <laughs> we're talking about the Panthers. Yeah, these Panthers, dude. Um, even though they lost to the Saints, they've been playing great football there, and that uh, Panthers defense is really strong too. But mm -hmm. Cam Newton, he's healthy. Um, he's playing pretty good football. We talked about it. They were trying to eliminate the run from his repertoire, and they've agreed now that that was the dumbest plan they could have ever <laughs> right. had because that's when Cam is the most effective yeah. there. Um and they've not really missed Kelvin Benjamin. He's not been able to stay healthy right. on the Bills, but Devin Funches is kind of rounded out to be that dude. Um, Greg Olson might play this week. Maybe. They held him out last week because they didn't like the turf. Now he's home on the grass. We might see him. If he can get healthy for this stretch run, the Panthers still have it all right in front of them. Beating the Vikings at home would put the other teams on notice. they still got a bunch of games in their division, but 
they get this win against the Vikings, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. But, uh, man, that is a tough task even at home. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be a tough task. And uh, the, the, the Panthers have sort of in, things in front of them, really. They, they're, they still have the, the Bays in Green Bay and Tampa Bay after this game, but then another game where they got to go to Atlanta. So by the time they get to that last game, and if they have to win in Atlanta, that's going to be a pretty tricky scenario. Winning this game right here puts him in position uh, to stay in front uh, you know, of that whole scenario and stay in front of all those teams that are in the still alive category in the NFC. And there's a bunch of teams a game or two behind them. So um, Carolina absolutely needs to put it together. And you mentioned their defense. Obviously, Cam Newton can run. Uh, but he's got to be careful in this game because these guys can hit, and you got to. He t- tends to take too many hits. Yeah. But when you swing it back to the Carolina defense, man, with Keekly there, this is another one of the best defenses in the NFL, um, and this should be a good, good old fashioned slugfest. If you like defense, this is the game for you. Uh, but the Panthers at home. This would be a, a nice statement game at eight and four. They they kind of haven't really been that impressive, um, but. Uh, the the young running back out of Stanford, uh, McCaffrey, has really started to really take over and, and be a more prominent role as the season has unfolded, and uh, getting him, uh, getting him as making him a primary uh, offensive weapon for these guys, I think moving forward is going to be a a huge huge factor uh, if they want to try and get explosive plays. Yeah, don't forget about Old Man Peppers on the other side of that Panthers defense, right. too, man. Not playing a whole bunch, but having an impact whenever he's on the field. All right, Dave, up next, this is a sweet game, bro. we got the Philadelphia Eagles at our Los Angeles Rams. And our Rams are two-point favorites at home. And this is a battle for the top two quarterbacks selected in last year's draft. How sweet it is with playoff implications all over the place. Wow, it sure is, especially, like you said, with the uh, two-seeded Eagles at 10-2 and two and the three-seeded Rams at 9-3. and three. Uh, This is an opportunity for this Rams team to really uh, make a statement that, hey, this, this isn't just a regular season phenomenon, that the, the, a team that was just dreadful offensively last year uh, and turning it around under Sean McVay like they've been doing. But let's start with the Eagles here. Uh, Obviously, uh, this Eagles football team um, took a little um, beating last week. Yeah, took a little, uh, uh, came back to the crowd a little bit. You know, this team was flying high with just the one loss. And um, getting that second loss, I think, might have been the dose of reality that this Eagles team needed. Uh, to sort of refocus here for this final stretch run uh, into the playoffs. They're still sitting in a really good spot right now as they uh, the remaining on their schedule. They still have the Giants and the Raiders uh, and the Cowboys. Some winnable games there uh, after this tough matchup here uh, going on the road against the tough uh, L.A. Rams team. But, um, yeah, this is an opportunity for this Eagles team as they head towards the playoffs to show against a really physical Rams defense that they can do what they want to do. They want to play uh, some strong run with the uh, tandem of big running backs in Blunt um, and Ajaye and uh, the other mix of backs that they have and move the chains uh, and control the ball with their offense. And then when they get in front, they can unleash their defense. 
Yeah, dude, this will be um, the second straight test these guys have. The Eagles yeah. up until, uh, you know, they've only beat one team with a winning record. They go into Seattle last week and they get stomped. So they would like to put um, all the uh, the doubters chirping um, to rest with a big win against the Rams. Um, both of these teams scoring over 30 points a game. And Carson Wentz, dude, he has been phenomenal. Had a rough patch last week against the Eagles, but he didn't have his main target, Zach Ertz. Man, this guy has been the Gronk of the league this year. Big time. He got banged up last week against Seattle. Not sure his status for this game is going to be. They need to have him in there. And you mentioned the running backs uh, for the Eagles, too. They're doing a little bit of everything back there. So, But uh, they just uh, put an extension on Alshon Jeffrey, man, and that's been immediate dividends on that investment man nothing wrong with this guy yeah and aguilar the you know from sure. southern california trojan in there man weapons of plenty for this guy let's see how they respond man they've been coasting nine in a row whatever they got punched in the mouth in seattle that is no shame in that how they're going to respond um this week in los angeles i guess we're going to find out on sunday yeah, and then you've got the Rams. Obviously, their story is one of the uh, most spectacular uh, uh, of this NFL season. Really, both of these teams with a spectacular story for how they're doing this year, but more so with the Rams uh, and the the, re- the rebound from Goff from what he was. People wanted to run him out of the league already as a rookie, and the way he's playing right now, uh, these are two of the highest-scoring offenses in the league. But this game here... Uh, after this, the Rams have to head to Seattle. So they're going through the gauntlet right now between uh, this team and the Seattle team, which has obviously been uh, playoff uh, weathered. So uh, after that, they they get at Tennessee and then San Francisco to finish off the season. But they're not in the playoffs yet, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it, one thing that would really, really sour this season, this awesome uh, storybook season for this Rams team uh, and the way they've played under Sean McVay and with Goff doing what he's doing this year and the assortment of, of offensive players that have really excelled. Um, it would it would really be disappointing if they let it slip away here late. This is a huge test against Philadelphia, man. But on offense, they, they've been scoring a ton of points. And defensively, this Rams team, very, very physical, very strong. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, and with the win here for these Rams, they jump into that two seed, and all of a sudden, Big time. they're hosting a playoff game. And uh, this would be a great win for the franchise. There, I'm. I am fascinated with seeing these quarterbacks go head to head coming off of the draft last year. But Jared Goff's really been playing well at home in his past two, averaging over 350 game. He's got five TDs and just one interception, so he's getting it done there. And Sammy Watkins, dude starting to show some of the signs man his main problem has been he's not Help. been able to stay healthy yeah. you know he's looking for his third game in a row <laughs> with a touchdown and Todd Gurley dude this guy man there was nothing wrong with him uh you know we haven't seen any of those uh Carl's Jr. commercials this year and maybe he's like you know I ain't got time for that I'm just on the field <laughs> ramming it down people's throats and it's such a great defense too um Alec Ogletree had the uh the flip on his interception on the pick six. Not, not cool. sure if yeah. <laughs> don't hurt yourself if you're gonna do something like that. Don't hurt yourself. Not sure if we're gonna have him or not. But um man, uh this this Rams team is fun to watch. This is a very intriguing matchup. The winner sitting in a prime position to get, you know, a, a first round bye in the playoffs. 
Um, this will be a statement win for whatever team gets this game. Man, I'm stoked for this one, dude. All right. Up next, Casey, it's Sunday Night Football, and it is a divisional battle between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers at home favored by six. Yeah, and, uh, you know, these Steelers have beat these Ravens the last couple times, but this Ravens team, dude, I'm not, I still have no idea what they are. We know that they play defense <laughs> and know what they want to run the ball, but, like, some weeks they look good and some weeks they do not. They really put a beat down on the Lions last week, so that means they're trending in the right direction, but it's still kind of like that OG Ravens team, dude, doing it on defense. They have a plus 14 turnover differential that is best in the league wow t sizzle dude ten and a half sacks and a former charger eric weddle five interceptions he's got a, a nice fit there still got flacco, it. flacco though on the offensive side needs to start uh resembling that quarterback that went on that uh crazy run to the super bowl a couple years back yeah got the uh the big contract after that he's still got it there started the season banged up he's getting healthy He's trying to uh, start jiving with those receivers. Jeremy Macklin has been hot and cold. Same with Mike Wallace. Um, but they got little Danny Woodhead back in the mix. Little he Danny. could be a huge factor in this offense moving forward. So we see some signs of life from these Ravens, and we know this is just going to be an awesome game, dude. These teams, uh, they hate each other. Yeah, and it's a physical matchup every time. These these, these teams are just going to go balls out and just see as as physical as you can be, uh, winner take all. But this Steelers team is playing exceptionally well. They're sitting as the number one seed right now, actually, at 10-2, and two, even on top of the Patriots there, surprisingly. In Baltimore, though, still on the in the playoffs, they're the uh, sixth seed at 7-5. and five. They sure as heck can't afford to take a loss here. That would put them in a field of teams uh, there vying for that wild card spot. Um Huge game for the for the Ravens. Got to find a way in Pittsburgh to get this W. And you mentioned their defense. They're playing solid defense. No question the secondary is exceptional. And Suggs, uh, as the old guy, still getting it done. But on offense, this has not been a very productive offense. They found that new running back. Um, that the Irish dancer, uh, and he's and he's made a nice impact for them. But um, generally speaking, this Baltimore's Ravens offense offense has struggled. I know they put together a couple of wins here uh, now in a row, and that's really um, got them in the position that they're in. But I think they're gonna. This is a true test here, and uh, heading to Pittsburgh, they're they're finding themselves playing uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers team that is not going to be caught off guard in this particular game on um, Sunday Night Football, dude. They're just not. Yeah, you know, and these Steelers coming off a super physical game on a short week against the um, the Bengals there. They are going to be without their juju. So that gives Martavis Bryant a, a chance to really get into the mix there, get back in the good graces with this coaching True. staff, Big Ben, uh, moving towards a, a playoff run there. But these Steelers, man, they're living on the edge, dude. Two weeks ago, needed a last-second field goal to beat the Packers. Monday night, needed a last-second field goal to beat the Bengals. Um, you keep waiting for last-second things to get you in, and uh, that's a dangerous way to live. So yeah. still a very impressive offense, dude. Uh, Antonio Brown might be the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And it'd hard, be hard to say that Le'Veon Bell is not the best running back in the NFL. So um, tons of weapons here, man. 
this is just another uh, fun game to watch, dude. Yeah, you, and you mentioned the fact that they're a couple of plays away from dropping a couple of games there. But every week is that way in the NFL. And they, they're they a team that can, sign, can sign, fi- find a way to win those games. And even when they were down by whatever. Uh, 17, I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was 17. And I, I was like, you know what? I think Steelers are going to win this one, you know? So No, you thought the Bengals were going to lose it. That's what you thought. <laughs> That's what I thought, dude. I thought, like, but you know what? The Pittsburgh Steelers were there to take it. Uh, when when that happened, and the Steelers team does uh, know how to play late in the game and, and find some magic, and obviously you mentioned it with the uh, trio between Ben um, Antonio and Le'Veon Bell. It is arguably arguably the best three uh, you know trio there uh, in the in the entire league. And on the defensive side, obviously uh, very uh, concerned about Ryan Shazier, uh, his status. I imagine he will. I'm, I'm guessing not be back. Uh, so they'll they'll have to rally uh, around the um, uh, you know that defense with some younger players there at, at the linebacker position. But Stephon Tuitt, uh, my former former Notre Damer there on the defensive line, really making a lot of good plays there. But the Steelers team on a Sunday night in Pittsburgh, it's just it's a it's an atmosphere that's going to be so uh, so intense. And then you bring in a divisional rival that they play every year twice, and here in Pittsburgh. They don't like this team. Uh, this is an opportunity for the Steelers to smash the Ravens right out of the playoffs. Give them the sweep. <laughs> All right, man. The NFL action is going to be sweet this week. So good, bro. So good. All right. That is going to do it for the Trend Zone. There are so many ways to check out the Football Radio Show, Casey. Check us out on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or go to footballradioshow.com and get all of it right there. Enjoy the NFL action, folks. We will talk to you soon. He's Casey. I'm Dave. We are out of here.